Welcome, science and sci-fi geeks. This is Interface to Face, the podcast that brings you interviews with some really cool people. I'm Chuck Tomasi, and joining me in just a moment is my co-host, Craig Stepp. We are very excited to have as our first guest, Edward James Almos. We caught up with Edward at DragonCon 2010, and he was kind enough to give us a few minutes of his time. Many of you know Edward as Admiral Adama from Sci-Fi Channel's Battlestar Galactica, and if you haven't seen him as Jaime Escalante in the 1988 film Stand and Deliver, you've got to check it out. He's also been in Blade Runner from 1982 and so many other shows and films. Interestingly enough, our discussion took a look at his early years, and he had some really good lessons for success that we just had to share with you. One other note to share, this recording was done at the Walk of Fame where the stars hang out. However, it's pretty early in the morning, which is why there's very little background noise. Craig and I had done our live Technorama show the night before, and we were kind of tired, which is why you won't hear a lot of energy in our voices. Despite the fatigue, we had enough sense to grab a cup of coffee for Edward just before the interview. Of course, it was Starbucks. As we were walking in to where we were going to record, he asked us if we knew where he could get some coffee, and I had one in my hand ready. And that's where our interview begins. Edward, it's great to have you here this morning. Thank you for joining us. It's a real pleasure to be here. A lot of people know you as Commander Adama on Battlestar Galactica. Obviously, our listener base is science fi- sci-fi listeners, science technology enthusiasts. And uh, you, did, you were not originally an actor. Now, when you were a young, young man, you had other interests. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I, I actually, uh, like anybody else, any other kid, uh, I started off playing sports and... Um, I was terrible at it, and I had to learn how to catch a ball. I had to learn how to hit it, and uh, but I worked um, seven days a week, you know, for from the age of six. I played every day, and uh, by the end of a year of doing it, three hundred sixty-five mm-hmm. days, mm-hmm. seven days a week, and never missing a day, and playing catcher, playing some form of the baseball, hitting it, throwing it against the garage, and. Um, in catching it, you know, and just throwing it, catching it you know, for hours, you get good. You get good at catching the ball, and you get good at, you know, throwing it. And you get, and then I started to swing the bat and learn how to hit. <clears throat> and after at least, well, until I was 14, I played that way seven days a week, and I got to be real good, really good. And uh, um, by the time I was uh, in 1958 and 59, I was uh, 10, 11 years old, and I was playing with uh, kids who were older than I was. And I was playing with guys who were between the ages of 17 and 19. And I was 11, 10, 11 years old, wow. and, and I was playing. And we were, we were actually, I won the batting championship, California Golden State Batting Championship. And um, then went on to play extremely uh, hard hardball which was uh, I played in the in the winter league the California Sun League mm-hmm. which was the actual the winter league for pros and they would come down and they would play you know and we'd play with uh, people like uh, Sandy Koufax and Ed, Ed Roebuck and uh, they were the pitchers on our team and uh, of course Sandy had just pitched the perfect game in 1959 58 I think and we were playing with them 
and uh, and that caliber of ball and everybody thought and including my parents my father especially you thought could I was go pro yeah yeah no no they were all ready for that and then uh, then I one day I stopped and just as quickly as I started I just stopped and uh, I I told my father that I wanted to be in music <laughs> he had he had taught me to dance so. I, I learned to dance when I was about 10 years old. He's a, he was a wonderful dancer. Not a professional, but just a, he loved music. So I learned how to waltz, tango. I learned how to cha-cha-cha, salsa. I learned how to jitterbug. I learned all these dances that he knew, and he would teach us. Can you show us some right here? Oh, okay. sure. It's <laughs> really fun. Radio. It's really fun. Hear this and watch this spin. How do you like that? Wasn't that a great spin? It was awesome. Thank you, man. He did that on and, and I, I think I saw that on BSG. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went from, from uh, playing baseball seven days a week to um, uh, playing music, rock and roll. The year was 1960. And... Uh, of course, music was changing very quickly, and rock and roll had hit Precious really. Time. Yeah, rock and roll hit about 1956, 57 yeah. is when I started listening to rock and roll. And then by the time 1960 rolled around, I was hooked, and as many of us were. And uh, so I started playing every day. And the same way I'd play baseball, the same discipline, determination, perseverance, and patience that I had in baseball, I used it now to start singing and dancing on the stage and performing in a rock and roll band. It was a garage band, but it, it, we ended up going right away by 61, okay? Uh, 1961, I was playing at Pandora's Box on the Sunset Strip. And um, I, we played every weekend, we'd play. And then <clears throat> we went over and I, and I got a job at the first nightclub that had a dance floor, which was Gazari's on the Sunset Strip. And this was uh, the end of uh, 64, beginning no excuse me 63 going into 64 and then in 64 all I, I worked this from 64 to 68 seven days a week wow while i went through college i graduated from high school working at gazari's on the census strip what'd you go to school for uh, what did i study sociology sociology and uh, it was really good i was, I was going to be a you know social worker <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, i got into uh, music and of course, while I was in college, uh, I took theater to help me in uh, performance in, in front of people. You know, because I hadn't done any of that. Mm -hmm. Even though playing a game, good game of baseball, and really pulling the understanding of the game, you bring the attention of a lot of people watching in the grandstand. So it really became there's a performance being done whenever you watch ball players perform or athletes any kind of athlete they're causing the attention of whoever's in the room or whoever's in the stadium to look at you do the sport so you know we were performing in a certain way <clears throat> so doing all of this uh, ended up becoming you know where I, I went from doing rock and roll music and I performed for I think it was close to 12 years 13 13 years straight but uh, eight years was seven days a week for eight consecutive years without taking one day off. And people don't quite get that. They don't understand what that's all about. But yet, you know, everybody can, will brush their teeth every day. Yep. 
So you got discipline enough to brush your teeth every day. No, I, ta- I take breaks. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't think you do. No. It doesn't smell like it, at no. least. <laughs> you brushed them this morning. I brushed them this morning. Yeah. And you, My dentist may be listening. Yeah, and, and, and you brushed them the day before, and you brushed them the day before that. So you have the discipline. I'm talking about the same discipline that you need to brush your teeth every day. And if you don't brush your teeth every day, you'll, you'll understand what happens to you. But at the same time, if you brush them every day, it becomes a sense of, and people say, well, that's, you know, two minutes, a minute, three, four, five minutes. Okay, great. But you've already exercised the ability to do something you don't like to do, and you do it every day for at least two minutes to three minutes, you know, preparing mm-hmm. yourself to go out in the world. You clean yourself up, right? <clears throat> like even spend five minutes, right? So what, why do people question or even consider a, a person who loves to do something doing it every day? That's a good point. You know, there is, there's no, there's no, you know, I, the way I became who I became in my lifetime was to be able to do the things I love to do when I didn't feel like doing them. I became dangerous. That's what a great athlete is. That's what a great anything is. When you love to do something and, and you just adore it, but and today you don't feel like doing it, that's the day you got to do it. Absolutely. And then you become really good at it. And that's what happened in theater. It happened in, in, in man, I started doing theater. I started using my music that I was using in, uh, that I had been doing on, on stage playing rock and roll. But I started, and then I, I in, my, in 1980, I, I wrote, um, and the, I wrote the ballad of Gregorio Cortez with my friend Robert M. Young. And we also wrote all the music. I scored the entire picture. And I wrote all the music for the thing, and, and it was a lot of fun. And so, you know, and for me, it's all come full circle. I learned how to perform. Um, I learned how to sing. And I wasn't a good singer, but I could really perform well, real well. So it kind of, people would get off in watching me perform as well as, you know, I could sing, I could carry a tune, but I was I didn't have that voice that just like mesmerized people and everybody go, Wow, what a voice. No. Neither did Dylan, but No, that's exactly <laughs> who gave me that's exactly who gave me my my ability to sing was listening to Dylan singing. Dylan gets yeah. the nerve to sing with that voice. Yeah. You know, I'm going to sing too, but I couldn't write like Dylan, or else yeah. I would have been a whole different game here. That's right. You know, that's so that's how it happened. I, I ended up, you know, starting playing baseball, went into music. From music went into theater, theater went into acting, and went into everything else I've done since then. <laughs> the long drive to work getting you down? Do you feel like the other drivers want to run you off the road and beat you with the tire iron of life? Relax. Take a break and let the fun of sci-fi news geeking ease your drive time woes. Slice of sci-fi. It's not as good as having a stormtrooper on your hood, but it's close. Sliceofsci-fi.com What's been your favorite role so far? Uh, you know, I gotta tell you, it's like asking me which one of my children do I love the most. You know, I have six. That was the next question. Yeah, <laughs> I know. but basically, I, you know, I, I I gotta tell you, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been so fortunate, you know, by um, doing characters that I really enjoy doing, and and I understand, and and I push myself when I did. There was a film that I did called The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit. 
that people should uh, take a look at. I mean, I don't know if they've seen this, but Ray Bradbury wrote the, uh, the story and the script. Hmm. And um, it's a very different kind of a little movie. And that character of Vamanos is a tremendous mm-hmm. character, which I adore. It's really a great character. And I like, you know, of course, you know, how can anybody not like, uh, you know, stand and deliver Jaime Escalante? Uh, that's right. That blew me or, away. Yeah, or how can anybody, you know, Lieutenant Castillo of Miami Vice? I love that guy. That guy was just as serious as a heart attack. He was actually more serious than, you know, Adama. Adama, yeah, because yeah. Adama turned into an alcoholic. You know, he at the end, oh, towards yeah. the end, he was he was he was he was, he was a full fledged, full on alcoholic, taking pills and everything. I mean, he was a drug addict. He was everything mm-hmm. at the end. What, do, what what are your thoughts on the end of the show? How it? I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was really, real inspirational all the way around. All the way around. I thought it inspired people at the end. Yeah. It, it certainly made us think week to week. When yeah. We were always always thinking, you know, it, just from the onset, of course, everybody's comparing it. It's not it's not like the old 70s show. But then once you get past that, you know, this is really well written. The actors are supreme. The, the, the music is wonderful. I mean, just, it was a great package that went along with that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for all that work. You're welcome. And just as a, as a flashback to our earlier discussion, your message about staying focused and do what you love and get up and brush your teeth every day, do what you, especially do what you love every day, yeah. is, is a wonderful message to the youth. Well, I mean, it's, it, once you discover what that's all about, you know, the discipline to do the things you love to do and you don't feel like doing them, it's over, man. I mean, you literally changed the perspective of what you can do on this planet. Uh, I don't care who, what, who it is and where are they coming from. You know, you could be coming from the, the favelas in, in uh, you know, in Brazil, the poorest parts of Brazil or Haiti or, or you know, uh, Calcutta in India and come from the just the most depressed areas on the planet and <clears throat> end up disciplining yourself to uh, play this game called soccer. Mm-hmm. And uh, become a, a, you know one of the giant athletes on the planet, and they, you're just adored by everyone that loves that game. And and so you can rise above the ashes, and you can really, really make it. So if you can move yourself, you can move anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, basically, you can do anything you want to do. I mean, it's going to take time. Patience is the key to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no two ways around it. I mean, if you can be patient enough to to continue to learn, and you know, like I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I've been working since well, <clears throat> I've been working since I, you know, was six years old. Mm-hmm. You know, easily six. I've been working. Now people say, well, what are you talking about working? You're playing baseball. That's a game. You're playing <laughs> on the streets and playing in the park. Yeah, but guess what? I took it as what my life was and I was doing it the same way that anybody would do it that was doing it as a career sure and then I got into music the same way and then I got into you know acting the same way and and I got into directing the same way and writing scripts the same way and pretty soon you're just like you just like realize what is you know where's my dream the next dream going to be and then when I get it boom I just start doing it every day and three or five or seven or twelve years later 
there I am, and I'm 10 or 12 or 13 years stronger at doing it, you know, and I get better at it. People just don't get it. They don't get it. They <clears throat> they think that, that uh, you know, that they're not as gifted or talented, you know, as somebody else, and it's got nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with self-discipline. If you've got a Gmail account, the Gmail podcast makes a great way to get the most out of it. The Gmail podcast gives you quick tips on how to deal with the ever-increasing amounts of email we all get. You'll learn how to manage multiple email accounts in one convenient place and ways to keep all that information organized. The Gmail podcast also keeps you informed of the latest new software features as they come available. And because you're busy, most shows are less than five minutes. Get started with the Gmail podcast today by going to chuckchat.com. Hey, this is Colin Ferguson from Sci-Fi Zuriga. I play Sheriff Jack Carter. And now, back to Chuck and Craig. Do you have any more life-changing plans coming up? Yeah, I hope so. I I don't know yet, but I'm sure something's (laughs) going to pop their head in there and say, hey, I like anthropology. I like the... I like studying things that are happening. It's just very interesting what's going on. This is a great, great uh, um, organization, a foundation that people should be turned on to. I, talk, I think yesterday we talked a little bit about uh, Kurzweil, Ray Kurzweil, mm-hmm. and his understanding of singularity and his uh, understanding of the future, which is really a wonderful, <clears throat> wonderful experience. And then... <clears throat> And then I, uh, um, I've been studying and, and really trying to understand uh, Aubrey de Grey. Yeah, Aubrey de Grey started the SENS Foundation, S-E-N-S Foundation. Mm-hmm. And if you'll Google that, you're going to find uh, a very interesting uh, uh, foundation that is it's dealing with, he's a biologist, and he's dealing with the rejuvenation of the body and helping us understand how we work, how the body works, and and they're they're looking at aging and uh, how we age and why. And he's really got some interesting conceptual understandings of it, and he's doing great work. I really got to thank him for the work that he's doing, and hope that he's successful because mm-hmm. yeah. he says that within twenty five to thirty years, if everything runs right that um, they will be able to extend the life cycle and rejuvenate the body. That's amazing because, you know, uh, I guess in the, well, the last, as years have gone by, people are starting to live a lot longer already. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. The average person, they, they have the, uh, the, they're called blue zones that, uh, that they've been studying. Blue zones are <clears throat> areas where people live to be over 100 years old and they're studying them there's five blue zones so far that they've really discovered on the planet where because of environment because of attitude because of the diet Mm -hmm. because of the way that they are as human beings they live to be 100 easily Mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about you know there's no dementia there's no uh, uh, elderly kind of 
feeling of, of frailty. They these Still people contributing. Oh, every day, yeah. every day. They're not they're not like curled up on a bed and they can't move right. and they got arthritis and none of those none of that attacks them. They don't have that in in those in those blue zones. They don't have cancer. They don't have uh, heart disease. They don't have none of that. They, these people are. They're working every day. And they go out there, and they have a couple of dietary things that are consistent. They all have this incredible ability, all of them, wherever they're at, because they're in different parts of the world. Wherever they're at, they have a tremendous ability to let things just, you know, just let problems just kind of wash off their back. Like A, a lot more people should be doing that. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> what the whole idea is. Mm-hmm. That That's where it becomes, where they don't take anything seriously in respects of allowing it to, to affect them. Something happens, oh, well, great. Mm-hmm. So what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. I, I think, I think no, everybody needs to have that, that kind yeah. of attitude. And if they don't, you won't really make it very long. Yeah. Because if you take everything and say, oh, my God, how did this happen? Oh, my God, I'm, it's over. You can you're just burn yourself out. Mm-hmm. You know. So I've been studying uh, uh, the Sens Foundation. I've been studying uh, Aubrey's work. I've been studying Ray Kurzweil's work. And you, you t- start to really start to see something happening on the planet that is really inspiring. It's called, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, singularity, really, where, where machine and man, where non-biological thought and biological thought come together. And what happens to everything when that happens? It's like when machine, the, the, you know, the Industrial Revolution started and machine came into being in the train. Oh, my God. Do you imagine what it was like to see the very first railroad oh yeah going down the road you or a car or the car the yeah. first car you know you say what the hell is that you know and yeah. you see the guy going eh, you know and the horses are running you know <laughs> and the sound is overwhelming the guy by himself going down the street you know this old dusty roads and and i mean just it just the brain just explodes the first airplane God darn, come on, man. The Wright brothers. Ooh, oh, yeah. We flew. Ah, they crashed. <laughs> We're in the air. Yeah, boom. <laughs> and they go, yeah, we went 104 yards, man. 150 yards. We hold the world record for flying. We went 130. You know what? The, the length of a football field we went, man. We took off. We were off the ground, and there we were, and the whole place going crazy. And, you know, today I can go from around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, flying around the world in the same day. Anywhere on the planet, I can get there within, you know, 24 hours. I can go around years the world. later. Yeah, that's nothing. That's a nothing. That's it. That's nothing. Yep. A hundred years in the constitute of the human experience is nothing. It's, are you kidding me? And, and so in the next 25 years, these guys are saying, literally, that you'll live to be 150, 200 years old if you want to. You, know, you can live to be 500 years old if you want to. The question's going to be, and this is a tough one, how long do you want to live? And then people say, well, this is terrible, man. Religions are would, are going to be freaked out. Just hearing that, just completely, people say, that's so not organic. That is so not you know, the way life was meant to be, and we were born to die, you know, and everything lives and dies. And, and, and they're saying the same thing. They're saying, yeah, you're right. It's just, maybe you're not supposed to die at 70 yeah. <laughs> or 80 <laughs> or 100. According to the Bible, you know, those people were living seven, 800 years too. Hey, I, you know, what can I tell you other than 
I don't know how they used to calendar their yeah. calendar. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking, too. Another year went by. How many days? It was 32. Every 32 days. It's Everything a, was 40 it's, days and 40 nights. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, instead, of, instead of a week, they would rip off a whole month, a year. No, sir. So all I can tell you is that that's how life is now. It's being changed, it's changing so quickly. And so, you know, I, I'm very, very happy with the exploration, the understanding. Okay. How are you doing? Do you still get together and, and play in a band once in a while? Uh, my sons do. Yeah, I jam with my sons. So, uh, yeah, I perform with them. And, uh, and uh, the Battlestar Galactica, uh, there's, there's a... Um, um, the Riders, they have a band. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, those guys, Michael, <laughs> all the Michaels, and they, they, it's just been incredible. I, I sing with them. It's called a train wreck. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, Wait a minute, is that the name of the band? Or? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the name of the band, train wreck. It's so I'd love funny. to see some lost footage. It's of so that. funny. It's so we're so bad. The guy, we never rehearse, and all we do is play. That's like the worst kind of, you know. But are you having fun? Oh, man. That's the, the best. Kids, the people who watch us have more fun than we do. They laugh at us and laugh at us. And, you know, any excuse we get to play, they strike the band up. Yeah. And it's really funny, you know. So what's uh, what's up coming for you? Um, well, I, I have the, uh, uh, the Green Hornet coming out in January. Oh, I forgot. Seth that's right. I forgot you were in there. Forward yeah, to it. Yeah, you, you guys will have a good time with it. It's a lot of fun. I mean, Seth is great. Christoph Wolfs is, uh, is in it. And, um, you know, Tim Wilkinson and myself. And really an incredibly different kind of a <laughs> ensemble. And, uh, and it's really a wonderful way to be. All right. Oh, yeah. We really appreciate it, Edward. Thank you. You're welcome. We wish you have a great weekend. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you, Edward, for giving us some of your time and sharing such wonderful stories of character. For what it's worth, I'll be happy to bring you coffee anytime. That's all for this inaugural episode of Interface to Face. We hope you enjoyed it. You can find us at chuckchat.com along with several other great podcasts or search for Interface to Face on iTunes and have the show automatically delivered to you as new shows come out. Theme music provided by George Wood. You can find him at podsafeaudio.com. Want to get in touch with us? Send your email comments to interface to face at chuckchat.com or follow us at Twitter at Interface to Face. We'll be back where we'll interface to face for you.